0: You are listening to the Green Industry Perspectives podcast presented by Single Ops. A podcast created for green industry professionals looking for best practices, tactics, and tips in running their tree care or landscape business. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Green Industry Perspectives. I'm your host, Ty Deemer. I'm the marketing manager at Single Ops. And today, we get a unique episode for you. Um, We're going to welcome Sean McCormick to the show. Sean McCormick is the CEO of Single Ops. And we're going to dive into our recently produced economic report. Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ty. Yeah. So... Every show, we ask the guests the same question. And even though this is a special episode, we're not going to break that trend. Um, in your experience with working with green industry businesses, what are the top three things or common threads that you see in successful companies in the space? Yeah, absolutely. Before, before we get started, too, uh, thank you for having a, be on our
1: podcast. So uh, this will be fun. So yeah, so uh, three common threads I see in, in successful landscaping companies. We've got an interesting perspective on this just because with single ops, right? We we work hands-on with thousands of, of you know individual landscaping contractors or professionals and and just hundreds and hundreds of of companies of all shapes and sizes. And so I think we've got a pretty unique perspective on on what makes the the ones that we see the most successful, what are they doing? And really the number one thing that I always see is, is focus. And you can kind of compare that to some of the companies that that struggle, um, you know, may not have the highest profits or are just, just working so so many long hours, is they try to do too much. And the temptation to do that in this industry is enormous, right? You start doing maintenance on someone's property, and then all of a sudden, they want you to take down a tree. Oh, I'll do that. No, then they want you to start putting in grass. And, and the next thing you know, you're a full-service landscaping and tree care company doing everything under the sun, residential, commercial, municipal, you name it. But you know, maybe you're not making profits or you struggle to grow. And it's just, it's just so challenging to not have that focus. And so, what I always, you know, see of the most successful, profitable companies, you know, ones that are just you know, growing fast or and really well run, is that they they understand their DNA. They know what they're best at. Maybe it's residential maintenance. Maybe it's commercial tree care. Like there are so many options in our industry, and they they double and triple down on those areas. You know, one of our customers is a company doing well over 100 million in, in annual revenue, been on the Inc. 5000 list, and and they only specialize in a ground cover installation and delivery, and so. A lot of people think that that focus really restrict, you know, their growth goals, but in many cases, you know, it really doesn't. So focus is, is number one, always number one. Other things that we see that are, that are in that top, one is embracing innovation. i uh, all short, that short, you know, shapes and sizes. So it doesn't have to be technology. It can be process innovation. But basically, um, especially with some of the com- older companies in the industry, there's can be this mentality of well, this is the way we've always done things and it's worked up until now. So why would we change? You know, we certainly see that with single ops and trying to get folks to adopt you know some some new software. But but it applies to, to anything. You know, maybe it's a process change. Maybe it's a, a you know a new way to test out how you're doing your meetings. Just getting that mentality of you know we've always done it this way. You ain't break, ain't broke don't fix it. That's the the number one thing. Folks that embrace innovation. Uh, and aren't afraid to fail. You know, that comes with it as well. So that, that's a big one. And then you know, last, I wouldn't be doing single ops. So I didn't mention that we, we certainly see that the most successful companies in the industry are using business management software. Uh, and they're, they're not just using it. Like they, they haven't just signed up for it and are using some of it. They're taking full advantage of the functionality. And there's some great solutions out there, single ops being one of them, certainly. There's a fit for every business in our industry at this point uh, right now. But but it's not enough to just sign up and start you know using some of the functionality. The, the best companies are using all of it and then get things like job costing, like profitability metrics, really actionable data. Because when you use the whole system, that's when you get those really, really valuable features. So not just signing up for software, but like getting it fully utilized. So uh, three big things I definitely see in leading companies.
0: Yeah. Thank you for providing that insight. I think that's a good segue. Obviously, you've just proven that you know a good bit about the industry, and we always like to have our guests share their background, how they got involved, and really just tell the audience if they're not familiar with your story and and why you're, you're going to be speaking to a, several of the topics we're going to dive into today. Yeah, absolutely. So... My introduction
1: into the industry came from really a friend who, who would start a landscaping business. I was fresh out of undergrad at the time and you know, always been passionate about software and technology and had built some, uh, some software companies. but you know just just fell in love with the industry based on the business he had started in Atlanta. You know early days, you know he, he was doing about two million in annual revenue and I came on to really help the company uh, streamline operations and grow and we were very successful with that specifically on the software side, right? You always look at the, everything from a lens based on your prior experience and mine being technology and software i just saw within his company uh, so many improvements that, that we could make that our software could do we initially released a prototype for his company they've taken off like a rocket they, they're now one of the, the largest companies in the industry doing over 100 million in annual revenue that was the, the the introduction right it really kind of fell in love with the industry there just just based on the, the people that work in it just kind of just honest hard people they are uh, but also too realizing that you know we were able to create something that, that actually drove a ton of value. Um, and, and now you know of course we, we, we've scaled just like uh, our very first customers have and we've helped them scale so uh, uh, users in every state in the country in Canada and where we're growing rapidly and kind of how, how we got started and why I love working in the industry.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to spend the most of our time today going through the green industry economic report that your team put together. So for those that are listening that aren't familiar, could you just provide us with the background on the report your team's putting together for the last two years? And just what is the purpose of the report and what broad level data and information does it include? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: Last year, we realized, you know, we've always known that there was value in the the data that that Single Ops gets from from our customers. But last year, we really realized that we had hit a scale where we were able to provide insights from that data in an anonymized fashion, of course, but really kind of see, all right, well, can we see trends within the industry? Can we pull out insights that folks might not know about or, you know, give them averages so they can benchmark their company against them? And we really hit that scale to pull out like really statistically significant insights and data last year. And so we released a few reports last year, kind of testing the water to see if folks would be interested in this type of information. And the response was just tremendous. Folks asked us, hey, can you put these out more frequently? Can you give me insight here or there? So with each iteration of the report, we've added additional data and insights and we've, we've made changes. And so each one we do is the best one that we've done. And, and, and I'm absolutely thrilled with the report that we have that we're releasing at the beginning of 2021. One, because of the improvements we've made to the report, which I'll touch on, but two, because of the data in there and, and how unique of a year 2020 was and you know the environment that we're still in, I think it just really shows some awesome insights that folks might not even know about yet. So that's exciting. And then the, the updates that we've made We've um, not only provided you know, more data points to, to look at, but we've segmented the data far better, too. So, so it can really speak more to exactly you, you know, your department or, or your company, whether you're commercial, residential, you know, maintenance, design, build, tree care. We've segmented all that so you can really see data that this speaks to you.
0: Yeah, so let's go ahead and dive into that. You mentioned that the 2020 report set baseline metrics for things like proposal acceptance rate, average revenue per job, but this year's report kind of goes to the next level and starts including different breakdowns and added metrics. What are some of the things that your team included in this year's report? Yeah, so, you
1: know, we did the segmentation based off of you know, landscaping and treat care, and then got even kind of deeper with residential versus commercial, and then one-off landscaping. So, you know, design, build, and install uh, versus recurring landscaping, you know, maintenance, turf care, et cetera. You know, within each one of those segments, we looked at t- things that we typically look at, uh, like proposal acceptance and an average price per job. But we really went a step further this time and looked at things like average revenue per hour, also uh, average time to receive payment and everything that we've added to we're also now because we've got a history of the data we're able to to really map out trends and so you know we're able to say you know this this uh, data point you know improved or or didn't improve based on last year's data and even farther back than that essentially across the board it's it's another report where we're able to show that the majority of these things within the industry are improving which is which is great to see
0: yeah, that's really exciting. So let's uh, go into what were some of the key trends that you saw. I've looked at the report, and one of the things that was most interesting to me was some of the stuff around time to payment. So I would love for you to start there and kind of go through what were some of the trends with time to payment we saw from 2020 to t- 2019. Yeah, you know there were several kind of key insights that we saw in this iteration of,
1: of the report, and the reduction in average time to payment was was one of the biggest ones Uh, and there's a lot of reasoning behind that that basically every segment that we looked at it wasn't just one segment across the board every segment reduced the average time to receive payment which is essentially from when you send the customer the invoice to when you are able to collect the payment they saw multiple days shaved off of it so just for instance you know tree care uh, shaved off three full days one off landscaping design build install uh, we saw shave off seven full days and recurring landscaping work like maintenance uh, shaved off two full days. Basically, overall, the entire industry is shaving off multiple days from their average time to receive payment. Why is that, right? That's what we'd ask ourselves next. And you know, what we see within our data is uh, an increased adoption in what we call modern payment methods, you know, essentially uh, integrated credit card solutions, ACH, that type of stuff. It's not just an adoption that, say, landscaping businesses are making to offer more of these. It's the demand that their customers have to be able to pay by those methods. So COVID clearly had an impact here, and that customers are are wanting you know more options to do digital contactless payments, right? And you know, folks are just getting away from you know wanting to mail a check or pay by cash or any of those old school methods, which. Some who've been accepting credit cards are doing all this forever. Like it, It's crazy to believe that so much of the industry still is using you know old-fashioned methods of collecting payments. But what we've also seen is that business management software plays a key role in here too, right? Because it's one thing to say, okay, we'll, we'll take your credit card over the phone or, or just send a link out to pay by that. But what business management software is able to do is take that a step farther and, and truly modernize payments with things like automated prepay, automated billing for, you know, recurring work, credit card, secure credit card storage, all sorts of kind of additional levels of intelligence and functionality to receive payment. All that, all that is what is driving this super significant reduction, uh, which we've seen it, you know, it's a trend kind of going on for a while now, but 2020 absolutely accelerated that trend. So, and, and it's a great trend to see for the industry, right? Like, there are some costs to be able to offer these types of solutions but the cost pale in comparison to shaving significant time off the time you wait to receive your revenue which you know means that you don't have to have these high administrative costs in the office you know chasing that down or doing collections and because your cash flow improves so much you're able to run just such a better business so uh, that's a, a great insight so so that's one of them you know another really big one that we saw that was again another positive insight was that the n- number of proposals delivered was quite a bit higher than, than previous years and, and uh, quarters that we've analyzed. So we have seen, you know, certainly all signs point to overall growth within the industry in 2020. And a lot of that growth was just led by increased demand for work, for new work. And that's coming from that increase of proposals. So, you know, significant increase in proposals delivered that also didn't have a huge impact, really, really no overall impact on the proposal acceptance rate, right? So there weren't a lot more potential customers, commercial residential out there asking for more work, but didn't decide to accept it. It was accepted and then sold and then, you know, that revenue was received. And so just overall growth there. And in some uh, segments, you know, we saw proposal acceptance uh, increase, you know, for instance, with one-off landscaping, install and design build, we saw a significant increase there. So not only were they delivering more proposals, but they... I uh, saw their proposal acceptance rate increase. So overall good growth metrics uh, on that side as well.
0: Yeah, that's great to hear. It's funny when you talk about like modernized payment systems and some of the end users uh, or the end clients of these companies we work with. You talk about like mailing in the last check. And I've shared this story on this podcast a few times, but that's something my dad complains about every month. It's the last check he has to mail in for any service that he buys. Everything else. Is either through an ACH payment or a credit card, and his landscape service that he uses still only takes a check. So it's definitely something that a lot of these end customers like. It's just something they're beginning to expect, and maybe COVID just forced these companies to kind of acknowledge, like, well, if we weren't going to do it before, now we really have to do it. So that's great to hear, and then. On the other front with proposals getting out, you mentioned that in some industries that some of these proposals are getting accepted at a higher rate. What are some things that go into, in your opinion, a proposal, the chances of that proposal closing? What are some things that companies are doing with digital proposals that make it easier or more likely for them to be accepted and go into a workflow?
1: Yeah. um, Well, uh, one of the big data points is always that the longer it takes to, to send out a proposal, the less likely you're going to get that job. And, you know, we still find a lot of folks in the industry, maybe walking a property or, or getting a lead in the office and it might not send that proposal out until days later, right? And, and 80% of the time, the first proposal received gets the job. And so while it's critically important to make sure that you're estimating so that, you know, you're, you're optimizing your margins and being profitable, the systems out there today, Excel spreadsheets, right? Like get off that crap because the, the software out there today allows you to really estimate your, your margin so much faster. So you're able to spend less time building that estimate, doing that the work there, and you're able to send that proposal faster, which just increases your likelihood of, of, of getting the job. And then because you used all that good data and intelligence and the, the, you know, the, the technology behind it, you know that job that you sold is gonna you know hit your profitability goals. So so that's really kind of the the key is 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 efficiency but not at the cost of accuracy. Good process, but also good good, good software to back it up. Really allows companies to excel there.
0: Yeah, that's great. So one of the things that the report did this year was break down work by commercial versus residential across the different service types we've been covering so far. And I think that's interesting because like you said at the top of the show and your common common themes towards of successful businesses is focused, right? Like really... Honing into what service works well for you. So were there any specific trends that you really saw stand out when we looked at commercial versus residential work across these service types?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of trends that are, are kind of no-brainers, right? Like the average job size for commercial across the board is going to be higher. So a lot of that isn't really shocking or, or game changing, but but one thing that we kind of saw that was unique and, and you know, trying to put a why behind it. Might be more difficult, but but we saw the reverse of that when it looked, when we looked at revenue per hour. So uh, average revenue per hour for residential was actually uh, higher almost across the board than for commercial. That actually kind of took us by surprise to see that we were thinking, all right, you know, commercial larger job sizes. Uh, they they were going you know, oftentimes also commercial more more profitable, but uh, the average revenue per hour on the residential side was actually higher. So so that was a surprise to us, and uh, I think interpreting that would really kind of comes down to the individual company, right? And that's why I think it's so valuable for individual companies to look at this data and say, all right, you know, here's the average. We also, by the way, I haven't mentioned yet, we segment the data based on geography. And so you're able to look at that average, you're able to look at, you know, not only your, your type of company, your, your service, but also your area and see where you fall within that average. Um, if you're greater than average, awesome, but if you're below average, why not use that as a rallying cry for you with your team to, to improve it? So I think not only does the report give you intelligence and, and data about the industry, but it also can, can drive some kind of actions for you and your business. And then, of course, too, uh, for anyone listening, like you know, we, we're always trying to improve these reports. And so if you're going through it to the point where you're kind of comparing your data against the data that we provide, we'd love to hear what you're seeing. It, or, too, if there's something you'd like to see in the report, please just reach out to SingleOps and let us know because chances are we, we've got some pretty good data there and we might uh, be able to include it in the next version.
0: Yeah, that's great, Sean. And it's it's a testament to just how important these metrics are to these businesses and being able to have a baseline to compare what's what's going well, what isn't. So if for anyone that's listening that maybe hasn't engaged with our report in the past, hasn't looked through it, and maybe they're not convinced these are important metrics to really look at or compare to, what would be your pitch to look at the report and to start going through them and seeing how their businesses match up? Yeah. So the the data points that we provide in the report are
1: are almost elementary to what we see with the most successful companies in the industry. Meaning that these are numbers that their managers know, like off the top of their head, if you ask them. And so I would ask anyone who's, who's listening, you know, read the report, check out the the at least the metrics that we include in it, and ask yourself, do you do you know that? Do you have that data? Revenue per hour, you know, per per division, because. You know, we we see that as uh, you know fundamental to, to, to managing and running a you know a successful business and and these, these are like kind of entry level type type metrics in that uh, there, there's you know much more granular stuff you can get out of the system like you know single ops or really good reporting software. So I would say take you know challenge yourself to see you know if you guys are able to you know if your your company has this data and then two where where do you stack up and where can you improve you know isolating areas to to focus with your team to improve. Is far more effective than saying, you know, hey, design build, you know, like, you know, pick it up. You guys aren't doing as good. It's, it's no average job size is below where we need it. So focus on sales, you know, or focus on making those those jobs more profitable. So your average job size doesn't need to be that high. So you know a lot there, but I think you know really comparing how you're doing with the report provides a ton of value, and that's what we do it. And two, it's interesting, right? Like we all operate in this industry, we want to know how it's doing, and so I think there's a level of maybe entertainment value or certainly interest value in the report as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for those that are listening, there will be a link to this report in the show notes of this episode. So if you're listening and you want to pull it up, go ahead, you can click there. It's also going to be on singleops.com under our resources tab. There's a page dedicated to it as well. I will say one more thing actually to that last question.
1: So another value out of the report, read it, memorize some of the metrics, and then use them in in your next green industry conversation to, uh, to prove that you know what you're talking about, and that you, uh, are uh, wise within the industry. So,
0: Absolutely. Well, Sean, thank you for going and taking the time to provide some of the insights into the report. Really think it's an impressive piece that can provide value to our audience and to the green industry as a whole. So as a reminder, click on the link in the share notes if you're interested in the report, and then you can find it on our website at singleops.com under our resources section. But Sean, thanks for the time. And hopefully the audience got some value out of it and we'll get value out of the report after listening.
1: Yeah, thank you, Todd. Really appreciate you putting together these podcasts. They're awesome.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Industry Perspectives presented by Single Ops. If you got some value out of this episode, drop us a five-star review on your favorite streaming platform. And don't forget to become a pro member of the podcast at singleops.com podcast. As a pro member, you'll get notified of each new episode, access to exclusive bonus content, and be entered in to win some great prizes. Thanks, and don't forget to tune in next week.